Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Mad Sportscast, and and it's not a repeat. We've just lost another big game in Corvallis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's been a while. We had to we had to get back to losing it. Now, I, I guess one thing was it was it a big game? I mean, it, it like it didn't ultimately matter. I guess. And uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna vent my frustration about that and the fact that you know we played like it didn't matter but ultimately utah took us off the hook earlier in the night they they pounded oregon and uh so it was just another game and another poor performance yeah look the the devils showed up in corvallis uh knowing that utah was going to win the uh pac-12 south and promptly fumbled on the opening kickoff so yeah yeah, and then recovered it, and then threw a pick on the second offensive snap. So, yeah, it was a you know it was a poor start. It was a it was a first half, and and really the whole game. I mean, I, I went back and watched the some of the second half, and just uh, just felt like there was really not much life there. Um, you know, just kind of going through the motions. It felt like, and and you know, we texted about it right at the start of the game. That you know, like. Could they could could it be a no show? I, I think or how I don't remember exactly how you worded it because you know Utah had won and took us out of the South. You know that's true, but man, you, you only get twelve opportunities to do this, and and it's like we we played this one almost like you know a major league baseball team on their you know tenth game in ten days, just kind of going through the motions, and you know like that, that's that's discouraging. Yeah. You know, we went one of three on field goal attempts. We couldn't run the ball after last year running all over the same Beaver team in the same stadium with the same running back core. Uh, We also couldn't really throw the ball well. No, that's Um, par for the course, though, lately, it seems like. Yeah, Daniel's another pick. He, you know, in the first quarter, he hit Rashad White on a, you know, one of those wheel routes, Mm -hmm. but... Had he led him and not thrown it behind him, it's a walk-in touchdown. touchdown. <laughs> yep, exactly. And we end up, we end up, you know, get a, get a penalty back to a false start. Mm-hmm. Which, boy, there were plenty of those again. Um, and, and then we miss a field goal. And yeah, yeah. I mean, had a had a chance to. I think that was three nothing at that point, if yeah. I remember. And we had a chance to take the lead or at least tie the game, get some points on the board, get nothing. Uh, the false starts, man. Oh man, like. I, a veteran line who's played with this quarterback and it's not even just the line Pearsall had one white had one i mean it's it's everybody like it and and twice in the second half we had consecutive false starts like you have one and then the next one's a false start too so you're giving away 10 yards i mean it's just like and and that's this wasn't the first time that happened a lot at byu it happened a lot at utah I mean, I, I want to go back and do the numbers. I haven't done it, you know, but go through the play-by-plays and see how many false starts we had in those three losses. Because I bet it was five or more in all three games. I know it was more last night. Yeah. I think it was seven or eight last night. You know, the defense, even without Butler, played well enough to win. 24 points in a Pac-12 game is good enough to win. Uh, agreed. Agreed without Butler, without Fields, without Foreman. Davidson yeah. got hurt early. He came back. I mean, we, yeah. we were beat up on defense. And, and you know, yeah, 24 points on the road is, is not bad against a, a team that's been pretty good offensively, especially at home. You know, they put 42 on Utah at home. Um, you know, so, yeah, really, like, not the best defensive performance. I mean, we, we, we get handed a gift there in the second half when the punter drops the snap. We, 
we score a touchdown to get within seven and then, you know, promptly come out, give up a 20-yard run, and then a, a fourth down conversion 47-yard touchdown run that, that basically ends the game. So, like, when we had just a slice of momentum, the defense quickly let it evaporate. But you're right. Overall, not a bad performance. Uh, just, you know, it feels like, and this is one of the things I, I thought, and, and I've thought it all year, there's been themes that have emerged. We play very fast games. Have you noticed that? Like yeah. our, our games, they end in less than three and a half hours almost every time, which is wonderful as a fan, but it means we're not getting very many possessions. And yeah. that was the case last night, too. It's like we just, we end up getting like nine possessions a game. Like that's, not, that's not enough when you don't have an explosive offense. Yeah. yeah. It's very weird. I don't know why it is. I mean, maybe it's because we're so run heavy. Uh, but like, you know, you used to ASU Pac-12 games, they take like four hours. Mm-hmm. And it's, I swear, most of our games this year have ended in like 315, which again, for reporters, for fans, that's, that's wonderful. But, uh, you know, we just, we just didn't have the ball much last night, it felt like. Yeah. And, and look, when we did, Jaden Daniels was bad Jaden Daniels and yeah, Rashad yeah. White, they stacked, look, they stacked the box. They did what they do. And, right. oh, yeah. you know, Rashad yeah. White couldn't get it going, but the passing game was no... I mean, the problem was Rashad White was also our leading receiver again. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, I, you know, went for a walk this morning around my neighborhood, and, and, you know, a lot of themes came to mind, and I probably am going to forget some of them as we're talking. But, you know, one thing I was thinking about was the, the wide receiver group and, like, you know, Ricky Pearsall and how, you know, that was a story a few weeks ago. Oh, Ricky Pearsall's emerging as the number one receiver. And, and I'm like, you know, is that good? I don't, I, I mean, like Ricky Pearsall's a nice player, but doesn't, isn't that more of an indictment on, on the recruiting failures we've had? Cause we had four, four star receivers in a class two years ago. And boy, so far, I think you'd be generous to, to call that group a, a D if you were going to give them a letter grade. I mean, you, you're really you're a generous grader. It's probably an F. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Wilson has disappeared. Like I don't even know. I'm not sure what's happened to him. Uh, Bunkley Shelton, who you and I have both like kind of taken for granted, like oh he's he's at least solid. Is he? I mean he's he's kind of disappeared over the course of the year. I think he's regressed from year one to year two. At least yeah. in terms of his production. Maybe that's on the quarterback or the offense or what, but. He's kind of disappeared, and, you know, Elijah Badger, you know, shows some flashes here and there. He had a 15-yard catch or something last night, I think, but there's nothing consistent. Chad Johnson Jr., like, he, he doesn't even see the field on offense. No. So, you know, like, the fact that we needed Brian Thompson, the fact that Ricky Pearsall emerged in midseason as our number one receiver, the fact that Curtis Hodges, you know, has been one of our lead targets, like, those are nice little fairy tale stories or, you know, Ricky Pierce on Curtis Hodges. Oh, it's wonderful. But like we were supposed to have more depth that would have made those guys complimentary pieces, not the featured pieces. Yeah. It's funny. You and I talked this week about how, when our team's going to start stacking the box yeah, against well, us. They did. They did. Yeah. And, yeah, they did. and it worked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a matter of time, you know, I mean like other, other coaches watch film and, and break down things, and they've got to be looking at what we did against Washington and what we did against USC and thinking, hey, this, this this team is, you know, the only time they seem to have offensive success is when they just pound Rashad White 
over and over and over again. Well, let's try to take him away and see if they have a, a you know plan B. And we didn't, uh, you know. And and I mean, I read Howler's article this morning, and it and it kind of hit me. I didn't hadn't thought of it till this morning, but we've only beaten one team with a winning record this year. And that will stay that way, even if we win next week, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, like, we're looking at... And, and that's eight. an if, because Herm is, is Mr. 7-5. and five. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and no, I mean, by, I, you know, we'll, we'll look ahead and we'll do our Arizona picks before we, before we wrap this. But I, I think we win this week because, you know, our hallmark this year is we've beaten the bad teams and we've not beaten the good teams. Or the even, you know above average teams for the most part. Um, and I, and I think we'll have some fire. It's the rivalry and all. I, you know, I, I don't think we'll come out flat. I'd be disappointed if we did, but no, I'm not counting it as a, as a, you know, a sure thing, but even, even if so, like, and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this in December, I suppose, but you know, eight, four with one win over a winning team is, is really year. nothing to, be too excited about it's given a bad year. where this team was supposed to be yeah where yeah. we were supposed to be where you know we're headed look if if yeah. next year we're michigan state then right. i will be thrilled and and you know say i was wrong i sure. misjudged sure. our ability to use the transfer portal but yeah right, right. me too yeah you I know but i don't think we're gonna do that and that's tough that's tough i mean you know they're they're the they're the model of like, oh, okay, yeah, you can do it, but they're more of an exception than the rule. I mean, if you're having to replace that many guys and, and you know, not get many high school players, and, you know, I mean, it's going to be more and more of a way to build your roster, but I don't know that you want to necessarily use it to entirely build your roster, which is kind of what we're looking at for next year's class. Um, you know, so the, the thought that crossed my mind and, we don't have to answer it conclusively right now. Um, but it crossed my mind this morning is, you know, the old Leslie Nope after her first year on city council runs a campaign and says, are you better off? Are we better off than we were four years ago? No, I, I don't, I, I, don't, I know I mean, we don't, I don't have to answer it now, but yes, I, you know, I guess I'd say that. Well, here's my issue. The press conference. The, right. the, we had a press conference where we talked about this and we were told this yeah. is unacceptable. Well, yeah. you know, we're going to end the year unranked. Money. We're going to end the year in the Sun Bowl again, probably. Yeah, or the Holiday Bowl or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, a, a mid-tier bowl game. I mean, and, and I'm with you. That, that was one of the things I thought this morning was, you know, the, the expectation level laid out by Ray Anderson four years ago, right about now, early December of 2017, was top 15 in the country and top three in the conference. He, he, he mentioned those things specifically, competing for conference titles and consistently, you know, top three, top 15. Well, we haven't achieved that in any of the years Herm's been here. No. We haven't been that far away from it. I mean, so so here's the here's what I here's what I was thinking this morning, like. If the barometer of success is was was the Herm Edwards hire a huge embarrassing failure to to quote you know uh, Tommy Boy, like many people thought it would be. No, it hasn't been. He's he's been a, a competent coach. We've we've won some games. We you know he's going to have in his three full seasons all three winning records. Been okay. If that was the barometer, okay, it was a success. But well, but and Ray if Anderson we were Vanderbilt, wasn't. that'd be right, yeah right, exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, but you know, did... I remember when we hired her and, and worrying, like, did we just hire John Makovic? Like, did we, did we make a hire that's going to make us the laughing stock of college football? And that hasn't been the case. So I'm glad of that. But it was supposed to, you know, like, that wasn't the goal. And, and you're right. We weren't starting from a point of Vanderbilt where, you know, we hired Herm when we were coming off a 1-11 and season. And it's like, well, okay, the goal was just get to respectability. We were already there. We were at respectability. We just wanted to be better. And he hasn't done that. No, he took a team that had was slumping off its highs and he maintained. Yeah. He didn't improve. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, they're right where, like, Graham's last year, we were 7-5. And, and Herm's first two years, we were 7-5. and five. And we're going to be 7-5 and five or 8-4 this year. And, like... Now, I was thinking, you know, if we beat Arizona, I believe that is our first eight-plus win regular season since 2014, right? Yeah. Because Graham, we went, I think, six and six, then five and seven, then seven and five. We haven't had eight rule win, you know. I don't count the bowl win as an – I just don't. Yeah. Because you never know. Well, because half the time teams aren't trying or players aren't there. I mean, we lost – or we won the bowl game there against Florida State. But, you know, we didn't have our best players. They didn't have their best play. You know, I, I, I don't count that as like, oh, you won 10 games. And well, imagine who's not going to play in our bowl game this year. Gosh. I mean, I would not. I mean, so that's an interesting thought. You say that because there are several possibilities. But here's another thing. Going back to the press conference that you mentioned, and I thought of it this morning. Ray Anderson also mentioned we need to, you know, be producing better NFL talent. We need to have more guys drafted. Outside of Rashad White, is there anybody on this team that's a day one or two draft prospect? I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot so. for that. Right, right. I mean, maybe there's a combine. You know, somebody goes to the combine and workouts and they they shoot up the board. Yeah, but or, uh, think, you know, I was thinking... You know, you know, maybe one of the defensive backs gets into round three. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lucas, I mean, Jones, Fields, somebody. There's possibly, you know, you never rule it because, again, weird things happen with the drafts. Like, you know, between the end of the season and, and the draft, you know, some guy all of a sudden is a workout wonder. And it's like, wow, this guy, you know, maybe he can do it. You know, uh, I mean, Demarius Randall's a great example from our backyard. I, when we ended the season, I don't think either one of us saw him being a first rounder. And yeah. then he was. You know, so, so things change. But. You know, I'm thinking, okay, if now correct me if I'm wrong. I know it sounds like Ronnie Cox, but I might be wrong. Since Herm got here, we had Nikhil Harry, who obviously was not a Herm recruit. That was Todd Graham. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Who say that again? I'm sorry. What? No, I was just agreeing. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, was Brandon Ayuk? He was committed before Herm got here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so because he was really, a JUCO I mean, guy. Yeah. Yeah, so now again, you know, development is part of it. I'm not saying it, you know, but okay, so he's had two first-rounders. He didn't recruit either one. Um, and Frank Darby got drafted. And Frank Darby was, was a was a Todd Graham recruit. I mean, he was here before yeah. they got here. Now again, you know, player development, although that brings up another thought that I'll get to, um, you know, is part of it. But, you know, we were supposed to have, I mean, we've talked about it, Ad nauseum, Jade Daniels, Merlin Robertson. These guys were going to be, you know, game changers on the college level and NFL, you know, 
high draft prospects. Maybe not round one, but certainly, you know, legit NFL draft prospects. And I don't think either one of them. I mean, Robertson may get drafted day three because of his, you know, physical tools and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he might. And and maybe he'll overachieve. Maybe he'll get into an NFL system and he'll find something. Maybe he just, you know, needs to be coached differently. I don't know. Um, But, you know, like, where are the... And, there, and maybe there's some young guys on the roster that will develop into that. But, like, you look at this roster and, you know, do we have a lot more, you know, NFL draft, top-level top NFL draft prospects than we did under Todd Graham? No. I think the answer is also no, right? You know, so it's like the, the progress that was supposed to be made hasn't been made. And, and then you ask yourself, do you have – do you have belief that this staff can make it? And I mean, I don't right now. Like well, they're, what's the staff going to look like? Right, you exactly. Know? I mean, that's the first problem of, of having that faith is you don't even really know what you're going to have. And, and the recruiting success that we seemingly were having has completely derailed, as you've highlighted. Uh, you, I mean, you follow that closer than me. And, uh, you know, like we've completely lost all the momentum we had with this class and all that. So it's like, what, what are we, what are we doing? Um, and yet, I don't think Ray Anderson's going to fire Herm. I, I mean, no, they're they're. I think the most likely outcome is nothing changes at the top. Yeah. That Ray stays, yeah. Herm stays, and then there's some coaching changes underneath. Yeah, and that could be. And I and I and I want to I want to I guess throw in there. I don't think this this isn't all on Herm. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, you know, Herm is over his head and he needs to, like, I'm not sure that Herm is the right guy, but I also don't want to just be like, you know, well, if we fire Herm, everything's going to be fine. No, not necessarily. I just, like, if you think a change needs to be made, well, that's where a change gets made. And I, and I don't, I don't anticipate that. I, I mean, the escape hatch is that Herm Edwards decides, I'm, I'm done. You know, I've... I've proven I can do this. Like I said, you know, he wasn't a laughing stock. He came, you know, he came in. He's done a done a fine job. C C plus if you give him a grade. And I'm gonna, you know, go back and be on TV and spend time with the family and all of that. That's the most. If Herb's not the coach, I think that's the reason why. Not well, yeah, I think. Well, I think that as long as it is Ray's call, Herm won't yeah. be fired. If no. Herm's gonna be fired, he's gonna be resigning. Yes, that's because uh, yes. I, I don't think he'll fire him. I think he will give him the opportunity to resign. I think you're right. I think you're right, and I, and I think taking that one step further, like I I don't think they're gonna tell him, hey, you need to resign. I I don't. I I mean, unless Crow wants to, unless you know, unless there's more of the NCAA stuff than we know right now. You know, if there's, if, I mean, we, we know it's not great, but if there's more like provable stuff and more, you know, the bomb's about to hit basically, then Crow might say, okay, we're, we're cleaning house. But, you know, we just well, can't keep doing this. And I'll throw this out there though. Do you think it's more or less likely that Herm is gone or Ray is gone by next academic year? Because here's the thing. I think think that, too. Because Ray Anderson has done all of the Steve Patterson-type things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He he raises money. 
he, he you know, but his his hiring's been bad. But he's raised money. Yeah. He's built facilities. He's upgraded facilities. Um, I just find it odd that you would let him have another hiring cycle for football. I agree. I agree. But you know, reading. I mean, you read it. I think before I sent it to you, I sent you that Haller article this week yeah. about Ray Anderson and. And, you know, we've discussed in the past how it's – oftentimes you can read between the lines on Doug Haller, and he won't, you know – and this isn't a criticism at all. He, he's not going to come right out and say, Ray Anderson's job is safe. But the subtle message in that article, the entire article, was Ray Anderson's job is safe. And I, and I don't think from, from the experiences we've had reading Haller, he doesn't write that without knowing it. Like he's not a he's not a hot take artist. He's not a uh, you know I'm going to boldly proclaim something I don't know. I think he's got pretty good you know sources on the inside that have told him, hey, you know, barring something really unforeseen, Ray Anderson is not on the chopping block. Yeah, and and, and so I, you know that's like had you asked me that question a week ago, I might have said push because I think they both go together. <laughs> you know something, but but I, I I took the vibe from that article. Now again, I mean, things change, and maybe Doug Aller is getting misled or or whatever. But you know he's he's generally on top of things when it comes to stuff like that. I think you you know would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And and I just I read that article and left it with the strong vibe that like if you think Ray Anderson is about to get fired, don't. You know that was that was the message I took from that. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I I don't know what to to make of the situation because obviously he just got allowed to make a second baseball hire. Most at most schools, right. that's not even worth mentioning. Um, right, but it is at ASU. It is at ASU. Yeah, yeah. You know, and his first one, you know, he he put his neck on the line for him, and it it didn't come to pass. But uh, on the flip side, this time he did make the safe play. He did. He, he did. He brought back the guy. Yeah. You know, who, popular with the alums. Yeah. You know, and who's part good. of the glory era. Yes. Yes. It appeals to the to the Murph years. It's a it's a guy who, at the very least, will get a leash with the with the older alum fan base, which is a big deal with ASU baseball. It's right? the money ASU part baseball, of the fan base. It is, and it hasn't. Very, you know, I, I I felt that the years I worked for the team, like ASU baseball is very territorial. Like there there are people who are ASU baseball supporters. It's not that they hate every other program or hate it, you know, but that like that's what they care about. Well, they and care we saw less what happens with football. That terri- that territoriality we saw come to pass when ASU signed the deal to switch to the pitchfork logo and do right. all that. And baseball's right. like, we're staying with Wilson and we're not changing anything. And the AS, the, you know, yeah. the inter- yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a, like, I'm sure there's other programs in the country like it that, you know, like it's almost like its own separate brand in a way. And, and their history merits it. I mean, like they, you know, that that's why there is that feeling. It's like, Hey, we've, We've won national championships. We've had Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, you know, we're not going to associate ourselves with a mostly underachieving football program and a very much underachieving basketball program. We're ASU baseball, and damn it, we deserve special treatment. You know, or, or different treatment at least. And 
Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, getting back to Ray, like it, it, it's a it's a more popular hire. Will it be more successful? I don't know. I mean, jury's out on that. He's got no coaching experience whatsoever. Um, the only it, more least, popular hire he could have made was if Pedroia wanted the job. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. Because as much as me and some other you know people I know would have loved to bring back Murph, a lot of people you know really didn't like Murph when he was here. That older fan base, uh, you know. So I'm not sure that would have been as popular with with the wide fan base. This is a very popular hire, and you know, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I, I, yeah, I agree with you that that you know, and the article pointed those things out. Like he's overseeing the facility expansions and the, the new arena that's being built, which is taking shape, and uh, you know, I and and that Crow is not really one to push people aside quickly and move on, which is probably good in, in many ways. Um, but you know, like it did point out that he probably waited too long to move on from Lisa love. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think Ray Anderson goes anywhere unless sort of like her, unless he wants to, unless, you know, he's got a next stop in mind. And if he sees that, you know, the Herm hire is not going well and it's time to start, you know, plotting the next step in his career, then maybe he's not here at the start of the next academic year, but not because he's been told to leave. Yeah, I think that that is probably true. Uh, it seems that way, at least. Yeah, yeah. Now, but here's a go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was, no, no. I was just gonna say. Now, what happens with the coaching staff? Because you've got to you've got to think that. At least the three guys who are on administrative leave just don't come back. Probably not. I mean, I know last week we we discussed the possibility of like you just bring them back and say you know. But that's hey, they not the time. that's not the rule follower. But I agree. You I know. agree. I don't expect that. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously the, the the big one when you say the coaching staff, and I think we both know it is is you know Antonio Pierce. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he's he is. In many ways, the face of the program, even though Herb's the head coach, um, you know, he's the name that, you know, lead recruiter, coordinator, uh, you know, seems to be the you know, the ringleader of these young assistants, many of whom are on that administrative lead now. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he was back for yeah. one reason or another. It could be because he's fired. It could be because... He's butthurt about, you know, being the subject of investigation, which we know he apparently is because he did his, you know, social media scrubbing like a 17-year-old high school kid, um, uh, you know, and maybe he leaves on his own. But I, 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 I'd be surprised if he's, you know, still with ASU come next August. Mm-hmm. You agree? Yeah. I Well, because... I don't, the thing that's different, the only thing that's different is I don't know that a big time Power Five school is begging for him to show up. No. Now he could, I I think that it's entirely possible he could jump to the NFL or something if he was going to. I was going to say, I mean, we've heard he had opportunities there in the past. And he's still, you know, he's he's well sourced. He's, you know, he played for a couple different franchises, he worked at ESPN. Uh, you know, if I mean, he may not be a, a coordinator, but I could easily he'd go be a linebackers coach or a 
you know, defensive assistant. I mean, NFL staff don't have limits on, on size like college staffs do. Uh, you can have 25 assistant coaches if you want to pay them. Uh, you know, so I, I, I think that would be the most likely landing spot for him somewhere in the NFL as an assistant. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you know, and, and, and so then, yeah, you're left wondering, okay, well, then, then what? The, you know, who does, who does her bring in to fill in the staff who's, you know, Antonio Pierce was his guy. Of course, so was Kevin Malai. So and was he's Kevin not there Malai. Anymore. He's got <laughs> Marvin Lewis still on staff for some reason. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, you don't hear his name as much this year, I guess. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just it's, um, it just kind of feels like we're uh, like last night was almost like a you know. A, a symbol of where the program is overall. Like we're we're good enough to be, you know, to, to win some games, to to be, you know, respectable. I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't get beat, you know, thirty eight to nothing last night or something like that. You know, like uh, okay, you know, but we're not, but we're not good enough to take the take the next step. And yeah, we're good enough to be the, good enough. Yeah, we're good enough to win seven or eight games, and it's like, well, that's like purgatory, you know. Like it's like, okay, I mean, I guess it's better than being two and ten, sure, I, you know, I, for sure. And, and in college, it's you know, in pro sports, you say, you know, well, is it better to bottom out? We can we can get better talent. Like that's not how it works in college. No. So you know, given the choice between seven, eight wins or one or two, yeah, I'm going to take seven or eight every time. Uh, but, it, you know, I, here's another frustrating thing is just, like, how ultra-gettable this conference was this year when you look at it. You know, we, we didn't have to be that much better than we were to win the division and potentially win the conference because the North isn't very good. I mean, Washington State could win could be the representative in the title game at 7-5. and five. Very mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, the, if the Civil War is going to be a huge game now. Yeah, well, I mean, if Washington State wins Friday night and Oregon State beats Oregon, then Washington State gets the, wins the three-way tie and goes. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Washington State will beat Washington. I know Washington's owned that rivalry of late, but things are different in Washington than they than they have been over those years. Yeah. So, I, like, I mean, it's it's uh, indicative of how sort of weak the conference is that a you know you could have a seven and five team that fired its coach midseason. Albeit not for on-field performance, but still, fired its coach midseason that makes the conference championship game. Yep. So it was there. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like it was, it was there for the taking. And as good as Utah looked last night, they did. We were up on them twenty-one-seven at the half. That, you know, like that—that's the half of football that just I changed said it, the game. The, changed the season. I said it the day after, and I still feel it. it yeah, it, it was the swing of the season, and I. I ultimately believe we'll look back at it as the swing of the Herm Edwards era. Years from now, when we're doing our you know postmortems about you know Todd Graham and Dirk and Dennis, and then Herm is on that list too. I I, I still I think that one's going to stick in my mind because we were a half a football away from being in command of the division, and we just were completely non-competitive in that second half. Well, speaking of non-competitive. Let's talk about the U of A Wildcats. Okay, okay, yeah, they have they have been that for uh, most of the season. Yeah, yeah. They they're 
their sparkling victory was against uh, a team without two dozen players and a dozen right. coaches. Right, right. So and they barely won that. Ten to three or something, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. like they, they blew them away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it look, it's 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 a hundred percent a game we should win and win comfortably. No excuses. They're one and ten. And that one, as you just pointed out, it's you know, has a giant asterisk next to it. Um, it's at home. I, I mean I can't, if we all the things I just said about, you know, well, I don't think you can fire Herb and blah, blah, blah. If you lose this game, how do you not? And I hate to be, like, overly reactionary, but if you can't show up and win this game. Well, then you're 7-5 and five again. Right, right. And, and you know, I mean, to me, this would be, I'm going to say it, this would, like, losing this game would be worse than the, than the Todd Graham loss down in Tucson in 2016. Is it worse than the 2008 game? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the 2004 2004 game. Oh, 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 2004. Uh, Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, this program's really bad right now. Like, they weren't good in 2004. Right. I'm not, you know, and they weren't, they weren't really, I mean, I think we had the same record in 2016 of the embarrassment was how that game went. Not so much, not so much losing it, but just, you know, getting, getting run off the field, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be to lose at home to a one in 10 team. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't think of, we've had some tough, you know, tough losses to them for how it happened or, you know, embarrassingly bad performances. But that would be the worst, as far as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless like something weird happens and they're they're possessed by you know the spirit of of like the Desert Swarm nineteen ninety four Arizona team, then you know it's like wow that team looks so good. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I, you know, we, yeah, you just got to show up to me. I mean, that is the test. And and if you. If this coaching staff can't get this group of guys to show up for one last home game against your rival, when can they? Yeah. Well, I'll pick us to win. You were correct last week picking the Oregon State loss. Um, I was. I think I had it higher scoring. I gave yeah. us too much credit for uh, for scoring points. Um, but yeah, okay, give me your score. I've got us winning... 28 to 9. Missed yeah, extra point, I, make a field goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I know we've had a couple of games where we've gotten to, you know, the mid 30s or higher, but just doesn't feel like we're built for that. So I, w- I would probably go along with that roughly. Uh, I'll say, uh, I'm not going to go too much different. Uh, I'll say 24 to 6. Yeah. You know, something where it's, it should be comfortable. Hopefully, a, you know, a good a good moment to finish off the season. And then you go to Las Vegas or San Diego or El Paso or one of those places. And, you know, the, the Rose Bowl dreams that we discussed are obviously completely out the window now. Uh, the, the winner of the Pac-12 title game will go to the Rose Bowl, and that's not going to be us. Mm-hmm. Plus, we lost. So, everything that we needed to happen this week... None of it did. Yeah. 
first and foremost, we had to win, and we didn't, so can't really complain. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, one more game. I mean, you know, like that's the that's the thing, and that's what was kind of dispiriting last night was watching that team and just being like, you know, feels like they're just going through the motions here, and like you don't get that many times to do this, and so that's the thing I'm telling myself. Like, yeah, it's not a huge game for us, like I hoped. I hoped it would be, you know, to seal up the division or whatever. It's not that, but you know, we only get we only get two more times to see this team play this season, this game, and whatever bowl game we end up in, and then it's going to be, you know, eight months before we watch ASU football again. So I'm going to enjoy it for whatever happens. Eight months and likely projecting not a great year. It possibly, and and lots of roster turnover. We may, you know, to to you know, smooth transition or maybe not so smooth. Uh, it may be a lot like watching the basketball team at the start of next year. We're like, boy, I, I don't know who many of these guys are, but I'll watch them and kind of kind of get used to them because that's how I felt watching the basketball team against San Diego State. Like, I, I, you know, it's a lot of a lot of new names and and I'm like, okay, I've heard the name, but I don't really know what they look like. Oh yeah. That's basically how I feel. I I have, I still have to have the roster on my phone just to double yeah. check who's doing what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw you know Kamani Lawrence. I'm like, okay, that, that feels familiar, but it wasn't much else. Even Jalen Graham has new hair, dyed his hair blonde or something like that. It was mm-hmm. a little weird. Um, but uh, and you know, of course, Marcus Bagley didn't play because it's a day that ends in a Y, and Marcus Bagley's hurt. Um, so, yeah. You know, we got we got uh, what we're two and two, and we got only the defending national champions up next. So, yeah. yay! Yeah, look, it's <laughs> statistically unlikely that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Now, uh, I'm asking. I don't know if you know. Is this this is a tournament, right? That we're playing. We got another yeah. game down there against yeah. the winner or loser, whoever. Yeah. Who's the other game? I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Let's look it up. I just remember being yeah. I just remember being excited that we got Baylor guaranteed, which is cool. Uh, you know, I mean, like, hey, we're we're very likely going to get beat, but you know, it is it is cool to at least you know get that marquee game. Mm-hmm. Let's see, battle for Atlantis. There's the women's tournament, men's. Oh, it's an eight-team field. Yeah. Auburn, Loyola, Chicago. Who else? Oh, okay, so you get you play three games total. So we are in the same grouping as Syracuse VCU. Oh, so so that'll be a play, fun second game. We would play likely the loser of that game, since I'm assuming we'll lose to Baylor. And then on the other end of it, we'll play one of those teams, I guess, is Michigan State, Loyola, Auburn, and UConn. Oh, that's right. There is the possibility we could play UConn. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. There's the, the Hurley's. Hurley Brothers matchup that's that's out there possibly on the on the third day, but, uh, well, and Loyola yeah. gives you, uh, Kimbrough against his old team. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A pretty good field. I, I, boy, I really didn't realize, I guess, you know, that's a solid, solid field. I mean, UConn's good program, Michigan state. I know they're unranked to start the year. But they're always good. Like that's a, that's a good grouping. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we won't come out of it. zero and three, I guess. Yeah, so there's a chance we'll be two and five. It's a possibility. Yeah, I hope not. But uh, yeah, there, there's no cupcakes in there. I mean, even you know Loyola's a good program, obviously. So 
yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, uh, I don't have a lot of expectation for basketball this year, as, as we've discussed. I mean, like, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those see what happens and, and hope you have kind of like a one of those Herb Sendex seasons, like post-Harden. It's like, oh, man, this team really got better and they overachieved, but I'm not going into, you know, this or the conference season expecting greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I, I, I This is one of those, you know, Herb Sendek post-Glasser situations yes. where it's yes. like, you know, Let's see what happens. If, yeah, if yeah. It, if it turns out we're good, great. And if we're if we're not, that that's okay. And that's kind of how it felt like it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, real quick before we before we wrap up, two weeks left in the college season. Who's your not as of now, but who who makes the fourteen playoff if you're projecting out? Uh, Georgia, Alabama. Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know who would be. Big, no big, big Ten champ. Gonna I was going to say State Big Ten team. champ. That's my. Okay. That yeah. Okay. That's it. So, I so think you, you think, get the two SEC schools. You got to let in Cincinnati because I think they'll win out. Yeah. And then, and then Ohio, they, the Ohio State Michigan winner. I yeah. assume you're thinking. Okay. Okay. Now, now, do you think Alabama beats Georgia to get in, or do you think they get in with two losses? I think Alabama beats Georgia. You think so? I don't know, man. Like, I always think I'm, Alabama's going to win. I mean, I, you know, like you know, I like both teams, and so I, I think I can somewhat look at it objectively. And like, if you took away, this is one of those that if you took away the the history of the, the recent series history. I think objectively you'd say Georgia is significantly better than them. Doesn't mean they'll win. I'm not saying, you know, but like like this year, Georgia has dominated everybody, and Alabama just hasn't. Like they, they you know, they gave a 35 yesterday to Arkansas. Arkansas's a good program, but remember what Arkansas did at Georgia? Mm-hmm. They got their ass kicked. And, and you know, like Alabama struggled. So, I, I don't know. I, I think Georgia beats them. If not now, win. Never. And, you know, I mean, because that, that's, that's the thing. Nick Saban feels. doesn't lose to his former assistants. He already did this year. That streak's over. I'm just saying he doesn't. He's gonna. I'm, uh, you know, I mean that 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 the lid has been lifted on that, and I just uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it'll be fun to watch. They they are officially playing now, and Alabama clinched the West yesterday, and so uh, it'll be a fun one. But just just feels like feels like Georgia. Boy, after watching Ohio State yesterday, I, you know, you could. You could sign me up right now for a national championship, Georgia versus Ohio State. I'd be fascinated to see that matchup. Well, I'll tell you this. If you're Georgia, you got to be rooting for Alabama this coming weekend. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because you don't want to take – I mean, I think you'll get in, but if you lose to a two – if Alabama's got two losses going into gotcha. the title game and then you lose to them. I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I mean, I, I – yeah. I tend to think that if as long as Georgia doesn't trip up against Georgia Tech, which I don't think they will, that they're in no matter what. I mean, you know, if they go 12-0 and through the SEC, I mean, uh, we talked about this last week, and, and I think you raised, you know, like if they get 
you know, blown out by 50 points against Alabama or something, I suppose. But I, I, their defense is too good to allow that to happen. They could get beat by 10 or something, you know, but I, I just don't see them getting run off the field by anybody. So, like, I, I feel like they're pretty safe in. And then if, if the winner of Ohio State-Michigan wins the Big Ten title game, I think they're, they're a lock. After that, we'll see. You know, Cincinnati, maybe a two-loss Alabama, maybe Notre Dame, maybe Oklahoma State. Well, I mean, Oklahoma State is all of a sudden sneaking around at ten and one, and with a great defense. And it's not—it's not your, you know, your dad's Oklahoma State team. They—they they run the ball, they play great defense, they do just enough in the passing game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. It's been a good college football season. It has. It has. Yeah. I mean, it—it it may very well, you know, like. There's a possibility you could end up with the playoffs still having Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and, and Ohio State teams that, you know, it'd be like, well, this is the same crew as always, you know. Um, but it's been an interesting road to get here, at least. You know, it hasn't felt like a, a total, you know, predetermined result like some years where it's like, well, these teams are going no matter what. Yeah, true. It, the, the path has been different, even if yeah, the has. outcome is different. It has, yeah, yeah, you know, and hey, there's, as much as I say that, there's also still a possibility you end up with, you know, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State and Michigan, and then you'd have a lot of new blood in that playoff. I mean, that, that, that's not a totally outlandish end result. No. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about all that and more. Yes, <laughs> until, always. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.